Hey, good morning, Coastal Church. Pastor Sean here, Senior Pastor of Coastal. And uh, man, what a great morning. I'm so glad you decided to join us in worship. I want to introduce a new series that we're going to be doing over the next four weeks called Connected. And it really flows from the nature of our God. Our God is lives in community. He is a Trinitarian God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And He lives in community. And out of His nature, we live in community. He's created us for community. And so we want to talk about four really important relationships that we have over the next four weeks. One, we'll talk about a relationship with God. And if you're disconnected from your creator, none of the other earthly relationships you have will make sense. And so we want to talk to you about how to be connected to God. Number two, we want to talk about the family, right? Our family is a key relationship here on earth. And and it flows from the cornerstone of knowing our Savior, Jesus Christ. And then it's also the cornerstone of discipleship. Thirdly, we want to talk about our relationship with others in the community and how, what has God left us here to do? How do we serve others? And then finally, the fourth relationship is that of our church family. And how has God knitted us to be in community in our local churches? And so we really believe these four key relationships will help you in all of your relationships here on earth in this series called Connected. Church, when I first got my license back in 1997, that was a miracle season for me. And it was a miracle season after I got my license, because during that first season after I got my license, it was a miracle that I survived. The very first couple of months after I got my license, When I was leaving the homecoming dance that our high school had, I was going 121 miles an hour on I-95 in South Florida. (laughs) At age 17 years old in Palm Beach County, I was driving my 1997 Toyota Corolla 121 miles an hour, and the police officer clocked me at 111 miles an hour, and I got my very first ticket. It was a week later that I was driving down another road where the speed limit was 35 miles an hour, and I was going 55 miles an hour, and I got another speeding ticket. Not to mention that during that first season, within the first few years of me getting my license, I'm backed into a couple of telephone poles. I hit a couple of other cars. I rear-ended a car because I was playing with my radio. And there was even a couple of times when I was driving down the road and then I noticed a sign. Have you ever seen one of these signs right here? <laughs> there were several times like I found myself going the wrong way down a one-way street or some other times when I noticed these red signs when I was going on toward oncoming traffic. It was a miracle that I survived that first season when I got my driver's license. But have you ever noticed that sometimes on the road of life that maybe you've been going the wrong way? Look, during that time when I first got my license, it it, it was probably because all these mistakes were happening because I didn't listen to my parents, the instructions that they gave me. I I wasn't following the rules of the road. Or sometimes I didn't even realize that I was breaking the rules until literally someone was flashing their high beams at me, telling me that I was going the wrong way. But have you ever found yourself in life going the wrong direction? Have you ever realized that in life, you weren't just going the wrong way on the road, but the very direction of your life was heading the wrong way? 
You know, sometimes I think we don't realize it, but we need to take some time to examine where we're at in life and see if we're going the right direction. Today, we begin a brand new series called Connected. Look, your relationships say a lot about the very direction of your life. They talk about where you're going, where you're headed, and if you're connected to going the right direction in your life. Look, during this series, there's a phrase that I want you to think about, and there's a question I want you to ask each week as we go through this series. During this series, I want you to think about this phrase, okay? Write it down, it's in your notes. I want you to think about this phrase. Your relationships are a map of where you're going. They're a map of where you're going. They're a mirror of who you are. So do you like what you see, and do you like where you're going? Have you ever stopped to examine your relationships, church? Have you ever stopped to see the very direction that they're going? Because the direction of your relationships can determine the very outcome of your life. Today, we're going to see that the relationship that matters the most can set the very tone, the very direction for any other relationship. And I'm talking about your relationship with God, your relationship with Christ. Do you have a relationship with Jesus? Because you need Jesus, you need to be like Jesus, and you need to follow him. For your relationships to thrive, you need Jesus, you need to be like Jesus, and you need to follow him. And if you do, if you do have a relationship with Jesus, when was the last time you actually slowed down enough to examine and see how that relationship is actually doing? Look, our relationship with God matters not just on the day of salvation, but it matters every single moment for our lives. Today, we're going to be in the Old Testament book of Jeremiah. And Jeremiah is known as a weeping prophet in the Bible. His heart was broken for the things of God, but his heart was also broken because the people of God were heading in the wrong direction. They had dismissed their relationship with God, and they even refused to turn back to him. Jeremiah preached and he wept because the people of God had hit that unfollow button hard in following the Lord. But because of that, God was actually about to pass judgment on the people. But even in the middle of the Lord passing judgment on the people, he's literally beckoning them, literally asking them to head the right direction. And he reminds them who he is, and he shows them how to live. So again, I want to ask you the question, when it comes to your relationship with God, do you like where you're going? Do you like what you see? Jeremiah chapter nine in verse 23. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches, but let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. Would you pray with me this morning? Father God, I thank you again, Lord, for your word. And Lord, I pray that as we go through this series, Lord, help us to examine the very direction of our lives. Lord, following you matters. But we need you. 
We need to be like you, and we need to follow you. So help us to see even right now, God, are we heading in the right direction? God, I pray for the believer in the room, whether they've been walking with you now for decades or even for a few months. Help them to see, Lord, if they're going in the right direction and following the Lord and leader of their lives. God, I pray for the person in the room who hasn't yet trusted you as Lord. God, I pray that even today they would see you're calling them. God, you want to be in relationship with them. God, help them to see today, Lord, that they need you. They need to be like you. They need to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, church, um, when looking at the very direction of your life, look, I need you to help me announce my very first point to the person sitting next to you, okay? So I'm going to have you look at your neighbor and repeat after me, okay? So look at your neighbor and repeat this. Say this to them, and I need you to say it with some boldness in you. I want you to say to them, think upward. No one's going to believe that if you say it that way, okay? You'd be a little bit louder. Again, I know it's spring break. It just... Spring break just ended, but with some confidence, with some boldness, okay? Say, think upward. It's not about you, but it's about God. Yo, this is one of those things I think we all know, and we've maybe even heard it before, that life is not about us, but it's about God. And when we're thinking about the very direction of our life, this is a concept, it is a principle that we need to keep at the forefront of everything else. You know, last week we talked about how there's this tendency right now in culture, in our world, to look further inside ourselves for the answers, or even to look more closely at others for the answers. But we are not the answer. We are not the solution. We need to look to the Lord and even right here with the people, as they were moving away from God, God gives, these, God gives them these indicators to help them see whether or not their life is moving in the right direction. And in fact, right here, God begins telling the people through Jeremiah, he gives them some indicators, some signals that their life is actually heading in the wrong direction. And the very first indicator that God gives right here, showing the people that their life is heading in the wrong direction is this. Look back again at verse 23. Thus says the Lord. He says, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. Look, Jeremiah says, look, thus says the Lord. He's saying this is the word of God. This is what the Lord has declared. He says, let not the wise man or woman, okay, boast. And because it's 2023, look, we need to define our terms to make sure we are all on the same page. That word boast right there, I think a lot of times when people think about it or they hear it, they may think someone is maybe being a little bit braggy. Uh, maybe someone who's even sharing something about themselves that you think, okay, maybe they shouldn't be bragging about this or boasting about this, but yet they're talking about it in a way where it's so much better than it actually is. My youngest daughter right now, Kara, she is a sermon illustration machine. 
She's five years old, and she's been doing this thing recently where she's been going around her house, and she's been saying this. She's been going around saying, look, I'm a strong woman. Dad, I'm a strong woman. I, I'm a strong woman. And she'll, she'll go around, she'll pick up something like this, like maybe it's something small like a Bible or a book, and she'll lift it up, and she'll be grunting. She'll be like, ah, guys, look at me. I'm a strong woman. And she'll lift it up, and then she'll even do a flex saying, look, I'm a strong woman. And, of course, as a dad, I'm like, Karis, that is great. You are a strong woman. God's going to make you into a strong woman one day. Like you are, like I believe it. I believe in you. But on the side, I'm thinking, that ain't nothing, kid. Look, anybody could do that. Anybody could pick up those things. Look, that word boast right there, when we, when we think about it in culture right now, we think about maybe someone who's maybe doing a humble brag. Uh, maybe someone's bragging about something that they shouldn't. But the word that God uses here in his word is so much stronger in fact, that word boast means to admire, it means to praise highly, it means to be proud. This is a type of boasting where somebody says, look, I am to be highly praised. I am to be admired. It's the type of boasting that says life is all about me. And that's why the Lord gives some indicators that if this type of boasting is happening in our lives, our lives are heading in the wrong direction. In fact, here are some signals that you are heading in the wrong direction if this type of boasting is coming up in your life. One of the first signals that God gives us that we might be heading in the wrong direction when it comes to our relationship with him and even the relational direction of our lives is that we are seeing more pride in our own wisdom. If we're seeing more pride growing in our lives in our own wisdom. Again, last week we talked about how we had this tendency to look more inside of ourselves. But again, we are not the solution. And if anyone is saying that their way is the best way, if anyone is saying that when it comes to what they believe that their truth is the truth, that it's greater than God's truth, what they're saying is that they are the highest authority and that their word, their truth is even above God's. Look, for the believer in the room, it's when we know what God's word says, but we either deny it or we disobey it. It's kind of like when we know that we are to operate as followers of Jesus in both truth and grace. It's when we know as followers of Jesus that God has said in his word that we are to speak the truth in love. But yet we in life, a lot of times, will do the opposite of those things, one or the other. Look, it's a person that only speaks in truth, but they never speak with grace. Or maybe it's the opposite, the person who only speaks in grace and love, but then they never speak with a word of truth. It's a person whose language and their speech are full of hatefulness and even hurtfulness. Or the person who never actually will speak the truth to someone that they actually love and care about. Maybe right now your relationships might be heading in the wrong direction because right now all you're doing is speaking words of hatefulness or hurtfulness toward the people that are in relationship with you. Maybe right now your relationships are heading in the wrong direction because you know you need to have a hard conversation with someone, but you're afraid and you refuse to. Even though Jesus came in truth and grace, it's both. It's when we know the word of God and what he has said, but we are doing the opposite. 
Maybe it's even the person right now in the room who says that God's design for sexuality and for genders is not what we see in God's word. Even though you know that in God's word, it says in Genesis chapter one that he created them male and female, male and female, he created them. It's the person that knows that God's word says that sex is only supposed to be between one man and one woman in the context of marriage, in the covenant of marriage. But you say that your wisdom is greater than God's. Now you can identify yourself that even when it comes to what you feel, what you feel is greater than what God has said in his word. Look, that is boasting in your own wisdom. It is saying that my way is even better than God's way. But what about anxiousness, worry, or feeling overwhelmed? Look, God's word says there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. God's word even points to the fact that there's this connection between your mental health and your spiritual health. That if you're thinking about your mental health, you don't leave God out of the equation. It's a person that knows what God's word has said about feeling overwhelmed or anxious or even feeling full of worry, which is the cry of our culture right now. But it's a person that says, I know better. So I'm going to fix that worry and that anxiousness, and I'm going to cope with it with food. Or I'm going to fix that worriness or that anxiousness or feeling overwhelmed by binge watching a bunch of TV over and over again or playing video games for 10 hours a day. What you're really doing is saying, my way, my wisdom is better. Church, is your relationship with God heading in the wrong direction? Is your way better than God's way? Look, this is boasting in, it's showing pride in, our own wisdom. But see, the Lord also says that your relationship with him might be heading in the wrong direction. Another signal of that is that we might see more pride or more strength. We might see more pride in our strength and more pride in our own riches. The Lord points to another factor here and points it out to the people that our relationship might be heading in the wrong direction if we're seeing growing pride in our own strength and growing pride in our own riches. Now, let me ask you this question, okay? How many of you in here would say that you like to be in control, at least in some area of your life? You wanna, you wanna be in control of some area of your life, okay? Now, most of you guys had your hands raised up. I know some of you guys are not gonna raise your hand up because you're saying, you know what, Mr. Preacher Man, you're not the boss of me. You're not gonna tell me to raise my hand because you want to be in control. In fact, you would even say, you know what, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a control freak. Like, I don't really like to be in control. I'm just super aggressive in the way I like to help people understand how the way that their world should work and also the way that my world should work. You may say, you know, I don't want to be in control, but at the same time, you're saying, you know what, I'm super organized and I want everyone else around me as well to be as organized as I am. Have you ever thought about the area that you want to have the most control in might be the area that you are least willing to submit to God? And look, right here the Lord says, if you're boasting in your own riches and your own strength, a modern 2023 
illustration or translation of this would be someone who's looking at maintaining as much control as possible around every area of their life. The person who says, I want to maintain control and attain as much power or wealth as I possibly can. And what the Lord is saying here, look, don't boast in your riches. Don't boast in your strength. And look, I get it. Right now in 2023, it seems so often that the world is out of control. It seems so often right now that we want to try to do so many things to try to maintain control. Look, I read the news just like you do. In fact, just the other day, um, I saw some articles saying, look, it's World War III right around the corner. Are we in recession or about to go into recession? I read an article that even said something that happened in Texas where there was some sort of dairy cow farm where it, it, it blew up and 18,000 cows died in one single day. And my first thought was a thought of panic. I thought, well, there it is. Dairy prices are about to go up. Cheese is about to go up. Milk is about to go up. We're going to have to raise the budget, the grocery budget again. Goodbye summer vacation. And after a moment of panic, it's like the Holy Spirit tapped me on the shoulder and reminded me that God is still in control. In fact, Matthew 6, says to seek first his righteousness and all these other things will be added to you as well. Seek first the kingdom of God. And we need to remember, church, look, it is not about us. At the end of the day, it's not about us. Look, at the end of the age, it's not about us. So right now in your relationship, we need to understand that it is all about him. Is our relationship with God heading in the wrong direction? Because this relationship with him sets the very direction of our lives and every other relationship. Second thing, okay, when you're thinking about your relationship with God and the very direction of your life, number two, think upward. It's not about you. But the direction of your life, it does matter to God. I know sometimes I've heard people say, you know what, your life really doesn't matter. Like it's all about God and it is all about God. But man, the Lord does care about the very direction of your life. Your life matters to him. You matter to the Lord. And that's why it's so important. And look what he says again. Look, he says, look, all these things, if you're, if you're boasting your own wealth, and riches and strength. Look, this is heading in the wrong direction, but he gives some indicators that you might just be heading in the right direction. Listen to what he says here again in verse 24. He says, but let him who boasts, boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For these things, for in these things, I delight declares the Lord. Church, here are some signals that your life just might be heading in the right direction. The first signal that the Lord gives here is simply knowing him. Man, knowing God, which means that you are cultivating a desire to actually know the Lord. The Lord says, look, find pride in, see praiseworthiness in, in the fact that you know him and he has made himself known to you. Now, let me ask you another question this morning, church, okay? Um, by show of hands, how many of you have ever met somebody famous? How many of you have ever met somebody famous? Raise your hand up. Okay, now on the count of three, one, two, three, I want you to shout out the name of the famous person you met. Okay, one, two, three. Didn't hear any of that. But anyway, so <laughs> I have two claims to fame. 
Uh, the first one is when I was at the University of Central Florida, um, BC, before knowing Christ, I was going to all these frat parties and whatnot. And one of the frat parties that I went to, Dante Culpepper was there. He was a star quarterback of the University of Central Florida at the time, and he went on to play in the NFL. And I was next to him at a pool table that he was at. So we were in the same room together. Um, and I would tell people that once he went to the NFL before he ended up, you know, flaming out like so many people do because of all the injuries and stuff. And then the second claim to fame I have, has anyone ever heard of the band 10th Avenue North? And 10th Avenue, a couple people have. Um, that band... They were actually the student ministry band of the first church I ever worked at in South Florida. So I know all the founding members of that band, okay? But have you ever thought about, those of you who raise your hand who you met somebody famous, have you ever thought about that when it comes to that person that you met or that you knew that was famous, that even though you may know everything about them, even if you actually got the stalker level where you know the, their middle name and the very scent of their hair, like, even if you were, like, that stalker level with them and you were trying to get to know them, you still don't really know them. But not only that, they don't really know you. They may not even know that you exist. But it is not so with God. He knows everything about you. And even though he knows every single thing about you, he draws you in. He's calling you to be in relationship with him. Look, the Lord says knowing him, cultivating a life that knows him is where you understand him, where you're getting to know him, where he understands you as well. Like he knows you. He wants you to understand him that the God of the universe has actually revealed himself to us. It's such a crazy, but still at the same time, such an amazing thing that God's revealed himself to us. Look, he wants you to know him. And look, if you're cultivating a life right now that's literally showing that you are knowing God, growing in your relationship with him, it is evident that Christ is in your life. He says that is something that to be proud about. That is something to, that is praiseworthy, that you praise God about that. He knows you. He's revealed himself to you, but you're also getting to know him. But another indicator your life might be going in the right direction is seeing God. And this is us beginning to cultivate eyes that actually sees the world the way that the Lord sees them. Look, God says here, look back at verse 24. God says here, I am the God who practices justice, steadfast love, and righteousness in the earth. Now, you can see the world in two different ways, okay? You can see the world right now that it is full of the opposite, you can see that the world right now is filled with injustice, full of steadfast hate, and full of dishonor and irreverence. Or you could see the world the way that God sees it. Look, the word translated practice here that we see could also be translated the word makes, okay? The Lord was telling Jeremiah that in the world right now, even though the people are turning away from him, and yes, there still is sin in the world, and we don't ignore the brokenness in the world, but God says, yes, even though I've given them a choice, yes, I am going to allow them to be conquered, but he's saying, look, don't get it twisted. Even right now in the world, he's still practicing justice. He's still making justice happen. He's still practicing steadfast love. He's still making the steadfast love happen in the world. And even though you see the way the world is right now, don't get it twisted. He's still bringing righteousness in the world. 
He's still practicing righteousness in the world. Do you see it? You know, I really do believe, church, that the war in Ukraine is such a tragedy. Um, And I know right now it's wrapped up in all sorts of politics, but we think about the lives that have been lost because of this war. But did you know that just last year that our church, like through your giving, that we partnered with churches that were on the border of Poland and Ukraine? that because of that, we're able to give lots of help for refugees who were coming into the country to provide the support that they needed. But not only that, church, we sent missionaries to Ukraine to be able to minister to the people there. And because of your giving by the grace of God, we found out that there was this huge need that was happening because of all this war happening that a lot of people were missing or even ignoring. There's a population of people with special needs whether they were uh, blind or deaf or had other special needs, that because their caregivers or their family had been killed, that they were literally left behind. But our church was able to buy a 15-passenger van for these churches, and they were literally driving to Ukraine, driving to the war zone. They would rescue these people with special needs, and they would bring them in so they can get the help that they need, so they can get the care that they need, so they could be reconnected to a church and even reconnected to a family that was going to care for them. And you can look at it saying, well, there's so much loss in the world right now. There's so much loss in this war. Or you can look and see, look, God is still making steadfast love happen. That he's still caring for the people. That even in the midst of all this tragedy, he's still bringing righteousness to the people. Do you see it? Do you see that God is working in your world right now? That even despite the tragedy that's maybe happened around you, even right now, God is still practicing steadfast love in your life. Do you see that he's still making justice happen in your life? Do you see that even despite our sin and the brokenness caused all around it, God is still calling people to righteousness to be like him? Look, an indicator that our lives are heading in the right direction, that our relationship with the Lord is heading in the right direction, is that indicator that we're seeing the world the way that God sees the world. And last one here, okay, another indicator, another signal that your life is heading in the right direction, your relationship with the Lord is heading in the right direction is simply this, it is following God. Are you following him? Are you cultivating a life that brings honor and brings delight to the Lord? Look, God says, in these things, I delight. Look, wrong direction, boasting pride in our own wisdom, our own strength, our own achievements, right directions that you know the Lord and that he knows you. Right direction is pride in seeing the world in the way that God actually sees it. Right direction is following God in these things that actually bring him delight. You know, there's a theme that goes all throughout Scripture from Old Testament to New Testament that shows that when we're following God, it brings delight to him, but it also brings blessing to us. Listen to all these different passages that point to, look, when we're following God, when we even lift up our eyes and we set our eyes on the Lord, it brings delight to him, but it also brings blessing to us. Man, the psalmist would write in Psalm 121, verse 1 through 3, he says, look, I lift up my eyes to the hills. And he was saying, look, I lift up my eyes from like the, the stuff I'm seeing in the world right now, and I look to the Lord. He says, from where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord, 
who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. King David would say in Psalm 16, verses 8 through 9, he says, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. Look, I've set my eyes on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body will also rest secure. You make known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. And of course, Jesus will continue this whole idea in the New Testament where it says in John 14, verse 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Mark chapter 8, verse 34, it says, in calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, if anyone will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. John chapter 10, verse 27, the Lord says, my sheep hear my voice, which means they're listening to me. Despite all the noise in the world, they're listening to me. He says, they hear my voice. I know them. You're trying to understand him, but he says, look, I know you. And he says, they follow me. John chapter 12, verse 26, he says, if anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will bless him. The Father will honor him. And of course, last week on Easter Sunday, we talked about how God would, would restore Peter and he would call Peter by name, draw Peter back to himself. And he simply says to Peter, you follow me. Look, here's the bottom line. If you've been sleeping this entire time or if you're concerned about the license going out, we pay our electric bills around here. Here's the bottom line, okay? Here's the bottom line. If you've missed it, if you've been sleeping this morning, following God determines the direction of all of our other relationships. Following God determines the very direction of all our other relationships. It's when we have set our eyes on the Lord and we're following him that it determines the very direction of our life and the very direction of all other relationships. Um, my wonderful wife, can you hand me my prop this morning that I'm going to show to everyone? Does anybody know what this is? It's a sunflower, in case you said anything else, okay? Does anyone know, okay, and maybe you guys know because this is a smart church, all right? Does anybody know why it's called a sunflower? See, I knew you guys would already know, but do you know the scientific term, okay? Good, I learned it so I can sound smart to you guys. Look, the sunflower is called a sunflower because it follows the sun. There's a term for it called helio tropism, which means from the time this thing sprouts up out of the ground, it takes this little sunflower head, and when the sun rises in the east, is this east? When the sun rises in the east, the sunflower takes this little sunflower head, and it points to the east. Then as the sun rises and makes its way to the west, the sunflower keeps following the sun all day long. From sun up to sundown, the sunflower follows the sun. It follows the sun and it is productive. Like it makes those little sunflower seeds if you like that. I mean, it grows, look how big it grows to be. The more the sunflower follows the sun, the more it grows, the more productive it is, the more beautiful it is, like the more it shows off who it is. Look, church, I don't know how you feel about these cheesy preacher illustrations, okay? 
But look, we don't follow the S-U-N. We follow the sun. We follow the S-O-N. And I would challenge you in this season. You would examine to see where your relationship with the Lord is, and you would follow him. You would set your eyes and your mind on the Lord. And wherever it is that he is leading you, you would follow. If he's calling you somewhere, you would follow him. If he's calling you somewhere, even in a relationship, you would set your eyes and lock your eyes on the Lord and you would follow him. Church, do you like where you're going? Do you like what you're seeing right now in your life? Would you follow the sun? And then as our worship team goes ahead and makes their way back up to the stage, I just want to challenge you in this season, okay? When it comes to your relation with God, are you heading in the wrong direction? Have you stopped following the sun? Have you stopped following the Lord right now in this season that you're in? And maybe you've been focused on your own wisdom and your own wealth, even your own strength. Do you like what you see? Do you like where you're going? For the believer in this room, that means that we need to set our eyes on the Lord and follow him. Look, if recession happens, set your mind on Christ. If your health fails, set your mind on Christ. Even if it seems like the whole world is falling down, falling apart around you, set your mind on the Lord. Would you follow the Lord in this season? And for the person who hasn't yet trusted Jesus, you need Jesus, you need to be like him, and you need to follow him. Look, right now, maybe you've been chasing after the brokenness that you see in your life and you see in the world. But would you follow the sun? Would you deny yourself? Would you pick up your cross? And would you follow him? Would you even make this the day that you surrender to Jesus and give your life to him? Would you going to bow your heads and close your eyes and would you pray with me? And maybe today you're ready to surrender your life to Jesus. Maybe you're tired of chasing after all these other things and you know your life has been heading in the wrong direction and you never surrender your life to Jesus. Would you make this today that you surrender to him and you start following him? And if you're ready to do that today, right where you are, would you just pray the simple prayer? Would you say, Jesus, I'm tired of following all these other things. I want to follow you. Jesus, I repent of my sin. Jesus, I turn to you. Jesus, you are Lord. Will you be the leader of my life? And then while everyone says their heads down, their eyes closed, if you pray today to ask Jesus to be the Lord and leader of your life for the very first time, would you just raise your hand up real quick so I can pray for you to shoot it up and then shoot it back down? Okay, anybody else? Just bring it up, bring it right back down. And then for the rest of us today, hey, let me challenge you, church. You need to see where you are. Are you following the Lord? Or has your own wisdom started to grow in you where you're starting to say, look, my way is the best way. Let me just say it's not. The only way to live this life is to follow the Lord. Would you make this the day that you surrender to him, that you trust him once again with everything? And no matter what comes your way, would you set your eyes on the Lord and follow him? Father God, again, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you for how good it is. And I thank you, Lord, that in every season, in every single season, Lord, your word is right on time. 
And Lord, this relationship with you, Lord, it sets the, tame, sets the tone for every other relationship. Lord, it sets the direction of every other relationship. This relationship with you even sets the very direction of our lives. Lord, we need you. We need to be like you. Lord, we need to follow you. Would you help us to do that? In Jesus' name.